Welcome to the Guiding Principles Podcast, which focuses on the work of visionary educational leaders in an effort to leave all listeners inspired and imparting upon them fresh new ideas and strategies as they continue to build their own leadership toolbox. It is my hope that this show allows us to connect and grow our educational leadership community. Now let's get to this week's episode. And welcome to another episode of the Guiding Principles Podcast. I am your host, Rob Breyer. Now today we have part two with Hal Bowman. Now listeners, I apologize. You know, with the end of school and traveling and doing different things, this episode's taking me a little while to get out, but I think it is going to be well worth the wait. Hal Bowman is a wealth of knowledge. I think you're going to absolutely love it. Then in two weeks, we have Miss Debbie Tannenbaum, who is going to be talking about her latest book and the great things that she's doing with technology in her school. So I think you're definitely going to want to check that out. Also got some really great news. If you were interested go on to whatever your platform you're listening to this podcast on and leave me a rating and review. Go ahead and tweet me an image of your rating and review and tweet it at rbleads and use the hashtag TGPP. And if you do that, I will go and send you an instant message and send you a new Guiding Principles sticker that you can put on your laptop or bottle or whatever you want. But if you are interested in getting a new sticker, definitely go and get that out there. I can't wait for it. But at this time, I need you to go and get your snacks, your drink, kick back, relax, and enjoy today's episode. You know, one of the toughest things that I found in education moving forward is keeping, getting and keeping and retaining really strong teachers. And, you know, now I'm lucky. I mean, the school you described earlier, people are like waiting in line to get into the school. Yeah. Because when you get in, my teachers don't leave. That This is a family like, and we're known as that, in, even in our county. But other schools, like I'm hearing it all the time, like there's teachers, there's school leaders out there right now who are terrified because there's a teacher shortage and how am I going to get these good teachers into my school? What, how do I attract these good teachers to my school? And you have some interesting ideas on that. And I'd love to hear you kind of talk more about that. You know what it is, it, it is really making the distinction just like you talked about between the job and the family. Everybody wants to be a part of a family. In addition to that, to have this experience of a shared mission and a shared purpose I mean, God, man, it's just so exciting. Like, you know, it's like being part of a revolution. You know, where I can tell you, I've been in um, uh, two schools. I mean, just in, in one town, have two schools. And one school is like the perennial high-performing state champion of everything, academically, athletically, the whole bit. The other school really struggles just because of demographics. I mean, they're literally on the other side of the train tracks, which runs right for the, through the town. And I go into that high-performing school and, you know, and I walk through the halls. I'm like, man, is anybody even here? Like, is this, is, is it open? I see cars in the parking lot, but like, where is everybody? I look in a classroom, it's so quiet. And the teachers are talking and they're not really teaching. They're just talking and <laughs> kids are listening. And and I think, is this really teach? Like, I don't know if this is teaching. This They're just doing their thing because they those are the type of kids they have. But on the other one, Oh my gosh, brother, you walk in and you, it's like walking into a tent revival. 
I mean, it is exciting. <laughs> and I get it. They're performing low academically, but they're improving. And everybody's so engaged. And this is like a Friday afternoon at 2.30 and teachers are up in front crushing it and killing it and doors are open, skits are happening and things in every classroom. And I thought, man, I would much rather teach here. And then I look at the numbers. I talk to the principals. It's shocking the turnover at that first school. The turnover is shocking. And I think it's because they don't feel like they're a part of something big and meaningful and purposeful. Where at this other school, all that is built in. I really believe that every educator comes into this business and I don't care if they, they could be here 30 years and everybody thinks they're old and mean and angry, but there's still at least one cell in them that wants to be the most influential adult in the lives of other people. Like that's it. And when they're in a moment where they can yes. feel that, that, that they are realizing their purpose, the reason they're on the planet and they can feel that, that's why they stay. And the, re and the way we get them there in the first place is talking about that all the time. And, you know, so in, in, a, in, a, in a state in the Midwest where you have this huge uh, challenge where, I mean, they have tens of thousands of unfilled teaching spots. And, and the question is, how do we do that when they're the lowest paying state and they're ones that are surround them where teachers can go across the border, make 12 grand more. And I get it. That's an issue. However, like the money is important and location, I guess, plays a role. But what the most important thing is knowing that I'm going to join this family where I can make a difference in the lives of kids. And when we can do that and use those people in our schools to make that happen, like there's one model that we call the Chick-fil-A model. We don't call that publicly, but in my head, that's what I call it. Because I know this dude who owns some Chick-fil-A's around my house. And, um, and now that I know he owns Chick-fil-A's, we just became best friends. And <laughs> And I was asking, I'm like, dude, where do you find these amazing teenagers? Like, do they just show up and apply? He goes, no, you can't come in here and apply. Like, we don't have applications here. Well, how do they get jobs? You have to know somebody. So the, all these kids that work there are all in student council together at some high school. They're all in youth group together. And so one of the techniques we use is we use people in our schools on using Facebook, using Twitter, using Instagram to recruit people just like them to come to our school because that's who we want to work with we want people we know who we want to join our family mm -hmm. you know, i grew up in new jersey and um i can remember when somebody would move to florida because that's the goal of living in new jersey is to move to florida and <laughs> um and, and when that house came open like in the neighborhood like everybody went to work trying to call their aunts and their uncles and their cousins and be, because we want you know, they want to keep it it's the same thing in the school we want people we want the best of the best for our kids and you're, you know them and so we and we and we recruit them. That is really cool. I love that idea. And you know, but I, I now I don't go that far. But what I do is, when you are when you come into an interview at my school, there's like twelve people in there. Yeah, and they are all people who are invested, whether they're parents or they're the librarian. Um, they are church members from the local community. Like we get everybody to come in because my whole community is invested in the school. And so, and you don't know necessarily what kind of questions you're going to get, but you know, I try to try to get, try to put a list out, but like, you'll get people who go, well, how are you going to support us as parents in this community? How are you going to make sure that we're staying informed? And right, we know, and like, they'll put you on the spot. Yeah. So the people we bring in, like you either buy into that culture and you want this type of job or this isn't the right school for you. And that's great, man. I, like, I love that. Like giving people the options. Hey, listen, 
it ain't easy to teach here. There's a lot of schools that would, you would love it. If you don't want to do much, you just kind of show up and do your thing. There's schools for that. They're everywhere. Just, mm -hmm. just ain't one of them. So the other thing we do is we let people know that this is a really challenging school to teach at. Like, because we have high expectations. We're dealing with the lives of kids, man. These are the leaders of tomorrow sitting in our classrooms in our school today. So that requires effort and time and an obsession. And if you're not there, that's cool. I'll tell you where to go interview because you're going to fit right in over there. This is something different we have happening here. And like those interviews are so critical. You know, there's, um, here comes a chainsaw in the background for everybody playing along at home. <laughs> so when neighbors get a tree cut down. So like a, a buddy of mine, um, Rob Carroll, who was principal at the 1199, also in Kentucky, he's a professor now. And, um, like I, I remember him telling me we I had I said do you sound tired yeah I was up late last night we had an interview up late last night yeah it was eleven o'clock at the park and he had kids and parents and teachers you know in the summer at the park wow. at eleven o'clock at night just to see just to let people know this is different man we we do things different here that is so we'd have really all cool these idea scenario and kids are there you know asking questions a second grader you know what i mean it's awesome that and is just, awesome and it lets people know right away this is a different place this ain't normal and if you're normal that's cool mm -hmm. this is this is an extraordinary school that requires something a little bit more and that's the thing and you know and then when you get those people in the door what ideas do you have for making sure that those people don't leave? What is the key to keeping those great people in your building? Dude, it's exactly what you're doing and great principals are doing everywhere in really making sure that we're meeting their critical emotional needs as a human being, letting in the know and provide, this is, you know, this especially now more than ever is, I think this is critical, is providing teachers with the evidence that it's working. Like this is such an abstract, listen, man, you know what I, I, I love watching and like going to high schools and see kids and CTE education because those are the type of kids are in welding and they can get their hands on and it's dirty and they can see every day the progress they made. Teaching ain't like that. Like there is this unbelievable intellectual and emotional metamorphosis happening of a child. But it's so hard to see that because we see it just because it's incremental tiny bits every day. And because you're there every day, it's hard to see the difference that we're making. And, and at this point, more than ever, I believe it's providing teachers with the evidence that this kid's life is changing. And so they can see that because that's all they really want. That's the fuel. And that's what brings them back year after year, decade after decade after decade, because that, that's who they are as a human being on the planet. Hey, everybody. It's Rob. And I just want to jump in the middle of this this amazing, amazing interview today and just kind of connect with you and let you know that if you are an aspiring school leader or you are an, a current AP who's looking to take that next step to the principalship or a principal who's looking to take that next step up into central office, or maybe you have a group of aspiring leaders in your school, check out my latest book. It's called Taking the Leap, a field guide for aspiring school leaders. I am telling you, this book will help you take that next step and get the position that you want. Check it out today on Amazon. Let me know what your thoughts are by leaving me a rating and review. I can't wait to hear your feedback. Now let's get back to today's episode. That is awesome. I love that idea too, because it's, you never stop making sure your teacher's needs are, are met. You never stop focusing on 
those teachers because they are the lifeline of the school. They, principals come and go, but these teachers are here. They're invested. They are here from time, the time they enter this building till the time that it's time for them to stop teaching. Like we had a teacher who just retired last year. She taught one year in our school and then 29 years at this school. And people like she's a legacy in this community. Everybody knows her. They know where, they, where she lives. They know her kids. And but that is like what's so beautiful about this school is, yeah, these teachers are like put on pedestals by this community, and like they know, and they'll come in. And like what I love like about my community is like I love when those parents come in and they'll just peek their head. And like I was terrified of like even when I go to my kid's school, like, I don't like walking into principal's office. These parents will just walk right in. Hey, Rob, did you, did you see the game this weekend? What about that? Did you see what happened? Or, Hey, did you see what happened in the news? Like, you know, like what, what's going on down the street here? They, they just, it's that type of community and it's that type of feel. And they just come down and they'll just bring flowers. Hey, I heard so-and-so got married this week. So we brought her these flowers and there's flowers sitting up here for her. Yeah. But that's the community feel. That is what makes like, it's not just the teachers in your building. It's just that community. And you yeah. get them invested and you get them excited about what's going on in your school, man, you're building some amazing things at that point. Man, I always say if your community, cause I hear that a lot, well, we don't have that type of town. We don't have that community. We don't have that kind of a school history. I get it. Hey, listen, man, I get it. So do I. And I used to buy into that and believe that story until I saw so many examples of that not being true. The reason they're not bought in is because they don't know what's going on in your school. And yep. never before have we had tools like social media where we can provide people with the information of the magical moments. And I'm, dude, these are I mean, the amazing things that are happening in classrooms and hallways every day that people just don't know. And here's why, because yep. as educators, we get numb to it. Like we, we see a kid's life changed in the hallway and we just keep walking to get more coffee. And we think, oh, that's cool. That's sweet. Anybody else on the planet would have sat there and cried because it's such a beautiful moment. But we see it all day, every day. We're yes. kind of callous to it. So like here, for example, you know, um, I haven't seen this in a while because of COVID. But I remember uh, a number of months ago, there was a, a picture on Facebook or Twitter somewhere that went uh, viral. And it was a kid in the parking lot. It was an autistic student, had a, just got overstimulated, had a meltdown. And there's the AP out there in the parking lot laying down. In, on, in the parking lot next to the kid talking and it has like a million views and people oh my god this is amazing oh my god and like maybe because I'm old and angry but it, it kind of makes me mad because I'm thinking like I, I love that that happened I love somebody got the picture I love they get recognition but that happens in thousands of schools every single day every day you can walk down the hallway to check it, get get something out of your box, and there's going to be a teacher hugging a kid in the hallway, a teacher on their knees, and the kid is hugging him, and the kid has you know paint all over their hands because they're finger painting, and now the teacher has it in her hair, and she doesn't care hugging a kid anyway. She's got boogers on her shoulder now, and <laughs> yeah. loving the kid, and and that happens every day. But the problem is, the there are these miracles that happen every day, but we just are so used to it and numb to it, we don't think to share it. And so I call it, I call it building school culture from the outside in. And that is, you know, in the, back in the seventies and the eighties and the nineties, we only could build school, school culture from the inside out. That is we, we create these awesome things for kids and hopefully one day would seep into our community where now we can show people what's going on in the community 
now they expect that from us as a school. And because of that, it, we, we raise our stand. They raise the expectations for us. It's just like a kid. We raise expectations for a kid and they, and they reach them. Now we're telling everybody what we do. They raise their expectations of us as a school and we're going to meet those expectations. Absolutely. And, and, you know, and it's meeting your community where they're most comfortable, you know, it's understanding your community. It's, you don't come in and expect everybody to love school, you know, because everybody that went through the school didn't love it. And, you know, and I have parents who like, I love when the first time they come in my office and they're like, Oh, I hated having to come in this room as when I was, when I came to the school. Yeah. Well then, Hey, we're not sitting in this room. Let's go over to the library and hang out over there and let's talk. It's, it's finding that place where they're comfortable and they're willing to sit and have an open conversation with you. It's taking the time to build that relationship and it's being present in my mind. Like, if you want to create that relationship with your community, you got to be present. You got to be available and you got to be open to, to accepting people for who they are. It's every dude, I, you know, I think we, this is a challenge. I think we have as educators is very few people fit into a traditional, typical educator reality. And that reality of most teachers, most educators is they, they're killing it. Do you think they were amazing in school? And they were awesome. And school was easy and it was fun. And so they went to high school and this is amazing. I'm going to get on the drill team. I want to be in the band. I'm first chair at flute or they're going to play football and team captain. They're on student council. And I'm just going to keep doing this. They go to college and oh my gosh, it's so good. And I'm just going to be a teacher because it was so much fun. And they show up in a classroom and they got two kids out of 37 because we're overcrowded like them and everybody else is just trying to get out of there with a 75, man. Like just, what do we, you know, so it's so hard for a typical teacher to, and, and now when you bring the community into it and all the baggage and stories that they have from when they were in school, you're right, going to the principal's office, that you know, there's a problem. If you're in there, you've got a real issue. And, and I believe it, man. Like, I think sometimes we forget that I would say most people did not have a great experience in school. I think most people tolerated it. Some was amazing and some was horrific. Absolutely. And school for me, like, you know, I talk about this a lot, but I was not a good student. I was not that kid that wanted to be in school. Um, my mom, the first time she ever stepped on my campus, cried because she's like, I can't believe you're the same kid who brought me papers to drop out in eighth grade and you're now running your own school. Like, school wasn't fun for me. Like I didn't like the way it ran. I didn't like sitting in rows and working on worksheets and taking tests every day. Like it wasn't my thing. And, but that's my why that is my purpose for being at the, what I do now is because I want kids to have a fun experience. I want this a place where they want to come, where they feel safe, supported, and they fit in. And that that's what this is all about for me. This is what drives me this is what makes me get up every morning and come to this job because I love what I do. And Man, if I put on a stupid outfit and I want to run around the school like a freak, these kids are loving it and they're feeding off it. But they're also getting the idea that, hey, this doesn't have to be 100% nothing but work all day long. This can be fun. And we can also talk about things and give them challenges. And these kids, like, you give these kids a challenge and watch how excited they get about that learning opportunity. I don't tell them how to do it. I just say, I want to see somebody build me the best parachute that's going to keep this egg from breaking when I drop it off the roof. And man, you, you wouldn't believe the stuff that these kids come in with. I didn't say anybody had to do it, but I'll get like a hundred of them, you know, and that's the cool thing. And that's where, you know, I think this job has changed my view of what education really can be. And the opportunities I was given and getting into teaching 
if I would have known back then that this is what education could have been like, man, this is what I would have done right from the get-go. Would have never yeah. changed anything. You know what, dude? I've had a lot of conversations recently. You know, a lot of, um, you know, schools go back in August, and that's kind of where I do a lot of work. I'm on the road typically, I don't know, out of, out of, a, out of a month, out of August, I'm, I'll, I'll have 20 events. Wow. And 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 principals want to know, you know what, you know they would think, well, I want to do my own thing this year rather than you know someone else coming in. I said, okay, what should I focus? On? It's really the you know what the main three things are for me is in this isn't just an August thing. It's for me, it's it's it should permeate the culture, being a part of the everyday conversation, and that is talking openly about what we want for our kids as a result of our kids spending their lives with us. We're the most influential adults that they will ever have. And what's the ultimate lesson that you want for your kid? Like as a result of them spending their lives with you, you got them all day or you got them for an hour and a half or whatever you modified block or whatever your red day, blue day, whatever your thing is in 30 years, when that, when, if the kid forgets everything that you taught them, which by the way they do, but it doesn't matter because they have a phone so they can Google it. What's the lesson that they can't look up on Google? What is that, that you want to use the content of your classroom to deliver the what, and the why, like you talked about, to really dig down deep into the why and, and to talk about that regularly, about why we're here. Why do we keep showing up? Why these kids? Why this school? Why this community? And make it, and, that, and that's, you know, that's a heavy, heavy question. And we, it's not something you answer in five minutes. It's something you think about and it marinates and, it, and it's fluid and it changes based on kids and who's in your class. Sorry. And And then ultimately, the biggest question of all which I had, to, there's a famous, people know about this story. I got in this big argument with Simon Sinek and, um, in an airport. And, um, and, and I, this is my point. And I didn't make it well. And he has that South African accent. He sounds smart and whatever, but I sound like an idiot. But, but now, but I could take him now. I think if we got into this now, I could handle him. Um, and you want that, me to try to recreate that? We can do that on air. I swear, I, I'm a little immature, so I'm going to get loud and I might cuss, but yeah, let's set that thing let's, up. Let's get that going. So he stops at start with why, right? That's his thing. And I think for teachers, what I was trying to explain to him in the airport was, brother, there's something different in a school. I think in the corporate world, the why's, you, that's a good stopping place. But for us, it's a deeper, and that is, who do we need to be as a school family for our kids? Who do I need to be as a teacher because I can have my what, I can have my why, but if that's not who I am at the core, none of it's going to work. So it's this ongoing pursuit of who do I need to be? What does my character need to look like? The integrity with which I teach, what does that need to look like if I'm really going to have this impact? And those three things, man, I think that is the ongoing fuel for teaching. And, you know, like the back to school stuff, I love pom-poms. And I love mm -hmm. when you get your one kid that can actually sing to sing the national anthem and all that is awesome. And we can do cheers and wear spirit shirts, but that's going to wear off by Wednesday when some kid gives you the finger, like, but the one, the thing that fuels a teacher for not just a, a, a year, but a career is being daily in touch with what do I want for my kids? Why am I here? And who do I need to be? Who do we need to be as a school family for our kids? I love it. So it's like the authentic you. Yeah. Who is the authentic you? that you're bringing each and every day. What, what do you need to do to make your school the most successful and it? And you control it. Yeah. And, and that's, I think important for all teachers to hear all school leaders here, everybody in your school plays a valuable part in making your school a success. And, and you, you brought that up in the beginning of the show. And I think that's a great way to, to end this segment because 
you know, I don't know how many people know, but Hal is also an author. And you had a book recently come out, uh, The 100 Days of Inspirational Quotes and Antidotes. Um, and you want to share a little bit about that book and like what made you write that book? You know what? What made me write it is from somebody finally making me. Like I've had ideas and I've got a whole <laughs> bunch of books written in my head. But actually on, you know, typing them out on a Word doc is uh, Dr. Brad Johnson. We connected online. We kind of knew each other and um, not we'd ever met in person, but we've done some podcasts together and things like that. And he had he had this book written pretty much. And he's like, hey, man, I'm halfway through. Do you want to do the other half? And so we collaborated on it. And um, and it was uh, my style in that I really believe in terms of professional development and really anecdotal style teaching of teachers and here's what like if I come in and I tell a teacher okay here's your five steps to classroom management or whatever well first of all some the natural thing to think is well he doesn't have Michael in his classroom if he had Michael he would know none of this would or if they believe me and they try it and it doesn't work then it discounts everything else I said that day or it might work but it ain't gonna work the next day or with another kid because they're kids and they're crazy so so I teach anecdotally through stories and metaphor and performance all i'm doing is i'm secretly trying to plant a seed in the teacher's head so when they're driving home they're thinking you know what i'm gonna do tomorrow and that's what yeah it was my idea and i planted it but now they own it it's now their idea and they're more likely to 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 do it with finesse and passion and heart and not give up on the kid so the book for me was in my style of telling stories and anecdotes and ideas and concepts in a very casual, easy to read way where a teacher can read it, get a little inspiration and think, you know what I'm going to do tomorrow? This is it. And now it's their idea and they can have an impact on their kids. I love it. I absolutely love it. So, and you can get that out there on Amazon. Yeah, brother. It's number one on Amazon. Are you kidding me? Look at that. See, you know. <laughs> I bring you on to show you off and then you just rub in my face. Number one. Okay. Nah, <laughs> that's awesome for you. So, you know, for the listeners out there, if you want to learn more about how, I mean, how is all over the internet. You can, you can check out his videos on YouTube. He's on Facebook. He is on Twitter, Instagram, all at Hal Bowman. Um, you want to check out his podcast, which is teach like a rock star with Hal Bowman it is phenomenal. You will really enjoy it. Um, it's a show that I've listened to regularly. And then, um, you know, how what is the best way if people really want to connect with you maybe bring you in for a show or go catch one of your shows what's the best way to follow you and just kind of keep up with you yeah man so i have uh kind of fell by the wayside with social media i kind of got frustrated with you know, all the political stuff going on. <laughs> i need to get back i know that it, feeling right and um and what i think most people do is they come to the website howboma.com and they fill out the form and typically what we do mostly is have a conversation because sometimes some of the issues that they have some of the challenges i can say well hey man here's what you do and we can do that right over the phone and and then other times people want to you know have a big show where i come in or sometimes you know I, right now we have a, a couple of counties we're working with or bringing all the schools together and that's always a good time. And you know what it is, man. I think the teachers crave right now is I call it the um, emotional synergy of a live event for teachers. And that is anytime we get people in the same room that have the same purpose and the same passion, they feel the same deep emotion in their heart, in their soul at the same time, there's this exponential impact 
that, that they, they haven't felt in years. And, and you have to be live. You have to be in person. You know, it's kind of like when you go to the movies, for those people that used to go to movies and, and, um, and like you see a funny movie and you think, oh my God, that was a hello. It was so funny. We laughed so hard and you can't wait for your spouse, or your friend to see it. And you play it on Netflix and you're thinking, why did I think this was so funny? This isn't so good. The reason is because when you're in the theater and people are next to you and you're all sharing that emotion and its impact and whether that's comedy or it, it, these are emotional moments that we need to feel as educators to fuel us and to give us what we need to make a difference in the lives of kids and not give up like that, that, that can only happen in person. I mean, Zoom's great. I'm good at it, but man, <laughs> something about being live where we can feel it, you know, in the same room. It's Absolutely. I, you know, I'm excited because uh, I haven't been out at a conference or spoken at a conference in a year now. Yeah. And so, and NAESP is holding their conference up in Chicago this year. And I'm excited to get out there and, and speak and, and just catch up with everybody. And just, it's that energy. I mean, I love being in that room and talking to educators and just listening to their passion. Like they feed me, yeah. like their passion and excitement, it just feeds you and it makes you want to get out there and do it more. And I absolutely love it. So Hal, I just want to say thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show. Um, I could spend hours sitting on here talking to you. Like this has just been an amazing episode and I'm just really thankful for you. Awesome, brother. I appreciate you, all the work that you do. I love the, all you do for your kids and your teachers and of course your community. And and um, it's just awesome. And I, I love that you have this platform to, uh, to voice this stuff, connect with people. It's amazing. It's an amazing world in which we live. It is an amazing world. And to all the listeners out there, hey, Get out there, keep trying new things, keep getting better, and just lead. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at www.teachbetterpodcastnetwork.com. We'll see you on the next episode.